My name is Ron. And I'm Paul. And we are going to be doing a music series for today. And our subject we have chosen as System of a Down. Um, when did you start listening to System of a Down? It was, it was in college. College? Yeah. I mean, I graduated college about 05. And, you know, they've been playing for quite some time. But probably about 03, 04. Yeah. A couple, uh, couple friends of mine were just listening to something. And I don't know. I'm kind of like some of the other people, but I kind of discovered them once they kind of got an MTV yeah. and I was like, I was blown away. This is another band in our, in our arsenal that we love that is so unique. They can do so much. And it's just, it's honestly, it's a travesty on what has happened at this point. It bothers me to this day. I mean, I, you know, we'll get into this. There's definitely some controversy there. Um, we'll get into it later, but, uh, I think I, I started listening to System of Down um, when I first started playing guitar, so around 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine who also played guitar kind of turned me on to him. But uh, I think it was uh, Chop Suey, their music video on MTV, that, that got me. <laughs> I think that was pretty close to me, too. Yeah. But the file sharing days back then, you know, before it was frowned upon, I guess. Uh, or it might have been around the time it was frowned upon, but... <laughs> You know, right uh, when I started college is when I was this a got really old, hot. Oh so, man, uh, yeah, yeah. I I basically had basically their toxicity and mm-hmm. uh, what I now know wasn't still this album. It was uh it was some uh, unfinished tracks from uh, toxicity that didn't get released. But right. we'll get into that later. Yep. Yep. Uh, really quick. Um, how about that episode of uh, Office Space? Did you guys enjoy it? <laughs> We had a really good time making it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, if you guys want to suggest some future topics, just leave it in the comments. We'll uh, check it out. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, <laughs> we have a YouTube channel where you can watch us do our podcast. And uh, we also feature videos, pictures, along with what we're talking about. And Austin Z, I think... Uh, I think it honestly adds a little bit of humor to it. <laughs> Maybe some more focus on what we are actually trying to describe. Just yeah. like if we forget random things, we will insert it in the video. <laughs> We've been doing a good job about that now. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. But All right. Who is System of a Down? We have a four-member band. We have Serge Tankian as the lead vocals, and he also does some uh, keyboards. Mm-hmm. As well as uh, Darren Malakin, who's the vocals and guitar. Shavo Odigen, the bassist. bassist. And John Dalmayan for the drums. Current drummer, yep. Now, that being said, uh, we are struggling with last names with this, uh, <laughs> this look back on this band. So, we took our stab at those names, but any other names for other band members and such <laughs> that we're going to say, we're just going to dodge their last names altogether, so... Forgive us for that. <laughs> but okay, uh, System of a Down had five studio albums, uh, three of them which debuted at number one on the Billboard Top top 200. Mm-hmm. And they were nominated for four Grammys. They only won one of them in 2006 for the best hard rock performance for BYOB. Totally agree. So I, I still remember that performance that they did on that. They played mm-hmm. BYOB at the Grammys. Which stands for, if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's Bring Your Own Bombs. Bring Your Own Bombs. And then obviously their their music, for, for the people that are not familiar with this band, it's a lot of their music is politically driven. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a good thing. Other times people might not like that. But this is in comparison with bands like Rage Against the Machine and Muse yeah. and things like that. Nature, but... No, I think they like the term more socially conscious more than they like the political. Well, thing. based on what they're gonna say, yeah, yeah, of course. But you know how these guys are. 
Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes, of course. Well, yeah, they had uh, 40 plus million albums sold worldwide. And they just up and decided they were going to go on a hiatus in 2006. So we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. later. But um, we'll take it back to 1992 when um, two of the members, Serge and uh, Darren, actually started their first band together. Uh, they were actually in previous bands, but they met at a recording uh, studio working on different projects. Turns out they uh, had both gone to the same school, mm-hmm. but because they're eight years apart, right. like I think all the members of System of a Down were in the fourth grade when Surge turned 18, <laughs> <laughs> which will go into a theory of mine that I have later <laughs> on about the hiatus and whatnot. Of course. I got some plans on that. You bet. <laughs> so their first band was called Soil, not to be confused with the Chicago-based band Soil that we all know and love today. You don't know. Who I was just going to say no. I'll be honest. No, I don't know. <laughs> I saw the but look I, on your I, face. I, was like, you well, I appreciate you let me know. Now I know. Okay, I probably not everybody knows that band, but right. they were they were they're a pretty decent band to listen to back in like the mid two thousands. Okay. Anyway, this is about System of Down. Yes. So, uh, Serge and Darren got together and they got uh, a couple other guys, uh, Dave and mm-hmm. a guy nicknamed Dingo. Dingo. Arano. Um, so, Arano. Dingo was on uh, bass, right? No, he was on drums. 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 He was drums. Okay. Yep. So, Dave okay. was on bass. Dave was on bass, yep. Dingo was on drums. Mm-hmm. So, in this... In this uh, Serge on keyboards and Darren on vocals and guitar. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, they were actually uh, hired in Chavo mm-hmm. to be the manager of the band. Yeah. And you know, not to push it, but I actually didn't know that. Yeah? I really didn't know that. <laughs> I, it was cool. I was like, no, no shit, really. Yeah. Like, you're the you're the bass player, but yet you were the manager. Like, that's cool. Right. He was just showing up to all the rehearsals anyways, and I think right. they were it's all again, friends. Kids, it's a good thing to learn the songs of their favorite bands. Right. right. Oh, and we should probably... <laughs> Like bring this up very first and front foremost. Uh, they are an American uh, Armenian, Armenian American band. Heavy metal band, and the school that I just mentioned that they all attended was actually an Armenian school, in uh, I think it was either L.A. or Glendale, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, they're. But I just want to throw that out there. So these guys kind of all came together, not on purpose by any means, right. but they just kind of found each other through their well, the families families you know left mm-hmm. hardship to come to america for opportunity yeah and like i they think all met, met meeting together at some point three yeah. of the four like members that we know today i think only uh yeah one of them is actually born in the u.s right. the others are immigrated over here with their parents yep but so uh they're in the band chavo's doing the manager managerial things mm-hmm. and he actually ends up becoming uh the rhythm guitarist yeah. yep. so he joins the band and they actually do one session recording and play one show at the roxy and then dave and dingo decide to quit bye-bye did you find out a reason i didn't find out no a there was nothing it's just it, it kind of in my opinion can i kind of go to the same lines of maybe they just weren't ready maybe it was just too much yeah maybe i mean i know that was definitely an early an early like slot for them so it's not like they've been in a band together for years right no they just it was one show and then boom they're gone i go okay (laughs) they didn't they just didn't believe in it they didn't think that it was going to go anywhere yeah um so chavo darren and serge they all decided to form another band and they named it system of a down system of a down is actually not what the initial name was supposed to be Mm -hmm. um the name came from one of Darren's poems mm-hmm. and he actually, it was titled victims, victims of, a down. of a down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the basis Chavo. Tell using, them why they wanted to change the name in all honesty. <laughs> using their, using his managerial experience he had from the previous band, decided he was going to change victims to system to appeal to a larger audience, which, you know, that makes a lot of and sense. And what else? To put it next to who? To put it, in alphabetical in chronological alignment. so if you go in this if you go in the record store and you're like oh i'm looking to see what's here and there's system of down why where do they want to be positioned why did they put system because they love slayer did we need to remind kids what a record store is 
Ron, for some of us old we're folks, not, we're not that bad yet. Some yeah. of us old folks here, Ron. <laughs> I, I got to tell them how it was. We had record stores in the two thousands, right? Well, right at the end, but yeah, they wanted to be connected to Slayer. Yeah, right next to him. That was a huge influence in them. I'm, no, no, I mean, no, no it's crazy, but I can't believe that was your thinking to make your name of your band. Yeah, why not? Why the hell not? <laughs> it worked. They did something right. Of course. So in this transition in the new band, Chavo ended up transitioning over to bass and recruited a guy named Andy K. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not going to try these last names. <laughs> um, to put on the drums. Uh, he was actually an old former drummer of Darren with one of his early bands uh, called Snowblind. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1995, um, well, from 95 to 97, uh, the band released three demo tapes. They were actually on cassette tapes, and they were just feeding them out to anybody and everybody. And this is around the first time, you know, street teams actually started really well, coming out in force. Course, yeah. And, uh, you know, they were just going going to town, trying to get get these tapes any way they can. So I love the names on them. <laughs> just yeah. demo tape one. Right. Demo, demo tape, tape one. two. 1995 demo. I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty original. But hey. So uh, in mid-1997, Andy ended up leaving the band because he injured his hand. Do you know how he injured his hand? I do not. You want to hear some funny shit? Sure. I'm sure the audience would too. I don't know if it's really (laughs) that funny, but it's like, uh, no, he was uh, actually, uh, he was. Was he masturbating in the shower and fell over? (laughs) I don't know. Not where I was going with that, but I don't know why. But back when I I grew up in Oklahoma, and like any time you did something to your wrist, your hand, your arm, everybody asked that. <laughs> oh, did you fall over in the shower when you were masturbating? No, he actually hurt himself in a in a kung fu exercise. He was doing Jeet Kune Do. But hey, hey, hey maybe, maybe well, at least that's a solid right? way to hurt your. I'm like, dude. Own. I'm like, whatever. But yeah, yeah, he hurt himself doing karate. It's not like I was trying to hammer up this board and I missed. And- <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that's <laughs> so great excuse. Whatever. Uh, they end up recruiting uh, John DeMine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really have a rhyme or reason for that. I guess he just was a good drummer. Yeah, they picked didn't up. say much about so, that. Uh, you know, they start playing uh, some pretty notable venues around this time. Uh, we got the Whiskey Go Go, the Viper Room, and actually at the Viper Room, um, we had one particular person come to their show there. the freaking mecca of all guys <laughs> rick rubin he shows up and from an interview that i saw of him he was talking about how this band just had him in tears laughing while he was watching them play it was the most unique thing he'd actually heard at the time and it became his favorite band so it's not like he actually plucked him right then and there he just you know basically gave him his contact information and said he was interested and to keep in touch. How about, sorry, but how about the fact that when he says favorite band, this guy is for, again, if you guys aren't familiar with Rick Rubin, he is one of the most popular music producers in the world. Mm -hmm. Covered guys as such as Linkin Park, Mm -hmm. Run DMC, Public Enemy, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica, Slipknot, and Slipknot. Yes. So this guy has definitely got his pull. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, and on that note, we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back. So, like we were saying, Rick Rubin did not uh, initially just pick them right up. No. Um, the band actually went from there, and uh, they decided to record a final demo tape. So, it'd be, it's demo tape four, for those who are not keeping along. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, But they did four. it specifically for record labels, kind of like how we talked about with Slipknot. You know, they, they went out and recorded something specifically to right. try and get signed. Sure. Send it out to all the labels, of course. 
So right after they do this, Rick Rubin signs them to American uh, Columbia, and uh, they start recording their debut album. Atlantic Columbia, sorry. Is it? It's an American. Uh, I thought it was his label, American. That was Atlantic. It was a subsidiary of Columbia, I think. Regardless, <laughs> we mentioned both, so if we get it, one of us is wrong, <laughs> let us know in the comments, <laughs> or we'll all fact check it in the editing. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, in 98, um, they released their self-titled album and, uh, you know, they go to town recording songs and so with their self-titled album, um, I almost got to help myself there. <laughs> <laughs> so they record their album, yeah. uh, their most notable singles for, uh, their self-titled album are Sugar and Sugar. They had music videos for both. Yep. And, uh... You know, Sugar and Spiders were a uh, radio favorite at the time for them. Sugar! So, uh, they 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 had frequent airplay on MTV. For those of you who don't know what MTV really used to be. Music um, television. Used to play music videos a Not lot. Jersey Shore reality shows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they do that anymore. I don't either. <laughs> That's but. how long it's been since I've actually watched MTV. Yeah. But, um, you know, during this time they also started touring. So, they opened for Slipknot. Or I'm not sorry, not Slipknot, Slayer, and also Metallica. And in doing this, you know, they went to, uh, you know, they did an American tour as well as like Canada, mm-hmm. and I think some Mexico dates. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But right after that, they end up sliding into the second headlining the second stage Ozfest. of uh, Ozfest. Did they headline? I don't know. That I don't know. Then they fact check right here. <laughs> but how about the fact that they go from. Small little venue to mm. Rick Rubin to their lives are changed. Oh yeah, well they had a huge, huge Fall. underground following. Yeah, of course. In, in uh, in L.A. and there was even a local radio station um that basically said that they'll never make it on radio. This band doesn't. And what happened when they did? It wouldn't get off the radio. Right. They couldn't keep it. all the time. All the time. <laughs> the guy I was like, him. "I'll never let this be on the radio." And like, well. well you're I guess wrong, he's dude. probably fired. Or, yeah. Well, he's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You're wrong. But uh, yeah, so they ended up hitting Ozfest up, and then uh, 2001 comes around. We have Toxicity. The band recorded 32 songs in uh, in this recording session, and holy crap! I think there's only like 11 songs that mm-hmm. actually made it to Toxicity, mm-hmm. but. Um, they end up holding a uh, a concert in L.A. as like a, or in Hollywood, I should say, as a thank you to the fans because they wanted to do like an album release and let the band hear the whole album. There's 14 tracks. I'm sorry. 14. It's all good. <laughs> going. We're going. No, no, no. I'm just playing. Yeah. But uh, so they set it up in this like parking lot and, you know, they expect there's going to be like 3,500 people mm-hmm. there. So that's kind of what they're aiming for. Sure. Well, where it gets out, it's a free concert, <laughs> yeah. and seven to 10,000 people yep. show up. Yep. Not what they expected. The police and the security guys are freaking the fuck Shut out. Shut it down. And so that's what they do. They basically- Shut it down. They let all the fans just collect there for over an hour. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them nothing. Yeah, they didn't say no. a word. <laughs> the only reason why they knew that the- uh, band wasn't playing is because they removed the system of a down banner down yep. and started taking apart the equipment. And that was, that's when hell broke loose. A full-on riot ensued. <laughs> that not good. People were hurt, people were arrested, and about $30,000 worth of equipment of the bands was destroyed. The equipment had to suffer through all this. Oh. Did you watch, I watched the video on it. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely add that in here. <laughs> It's crazy. Right here. Right there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe right here. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just put it somewhere. So that was on September 3rd, 2001. And sure enough, 9-11 happened just seven days later. Eight days later. Yeah, seven days later. Am I doing the math? No. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, eight. Three plus eight, Ron. (laughs) No, I I see the the, the math there. I'm just saying... You know, you got the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th. Fuck me. <laughs> I w- Have another. <laughs> I have a little sleep. 
I fair promise. Enough. Fair enough. Fair I'm enough. smart. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're just kidding, dude. We're having a ball. Okay. No, you're right, but yeah. So even with 9-11, the band still managed to debut at number one in Canada and America, despite the terrorist attacks. And the album actually ended up going three times platinum. But Unbelievable. There yeah. was a little bit of issue mm-hmm. and some controversy with um, their music at the time, because, you know, you've got people not knowing what Armenia it, Armenia is, and they're just assuming that just like, oh, they're Middle Eastern, so they're kind of tied in to that whole thing. They're a very political band. So people looking into things that probably aren't there, but uh, their song Chop Suey, which was a big hit at the time, ends up getting pulled off the air, mainly for uh, the lyrics. One, I thought, was the reason, which it technically wasn't, but when angels deserve to die, I just thought that was a bad timing kind of thing. Yeah. And, but it actually was uh, right before that section is uh, the self-righteous suicide part, which ended up getting them pulled off the air. Well, Claire Channel didn't like that. Right, yeah. But, I mean, even though it got pulled off of uh, radio and stuff, it was still, I mean, constant rotation on MTV for uh, Toxicity, and then that following year, Aerials was Let's just on say there. blew up, oh my God, how many times the day? It's a beautiful song, but it was just, yeah, Toxicity and Aerials, just, bam, it was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to say this now. I don't think System of Down has any filler songs. I think that they're either such an original band yep. that everything is just a, a nice little work of art for your for their listeners to enjoy, or... I don't know what the alternative is. To I mean, that. I truly, I, mean, I truly feel like you know, from their whole catalog, and this just is my opinion, is that every song of theirs and sounds like something different. I, I can't, I can't link something together because you know you'll hear bands and it's like they have their formula, they have their sound, and some of the songs sound the same, mm-hmm. even though they want to agree or not. But I literally can't find something that sounds the same unless it's like something that's almost like a continuation because you had like right. the intro to soldier side and then the outro to it. You had a lot of the same melody th- that was involved, but everything else sounds like mm-hmm. it's just, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song. Well, the thing is that too is like they, they have all kinds of different inspirations for their songs, but it also helps that the last four of their albums, you know, those are two different recording sessions. Of course they recorded what, was an accident they didn't mean to put out still this album which we're about to get into talking to but they recorded like i said 32 songs for that and there was only 14 tracks on toxicity Mm -hmm. so you have the remaining songs for that but as well as hypnotized and mesmerized that was all one recording session because it was was supposed to be a double album split over six months yeah so genius move by the way yeah do two part exactly I, I'm not exactly sure it was their genius that made that happen. I think it might have been a record label decision. Well, if they agreed upon it, then. Yeah, they yeah. did agree upon it. Good deal. But um, 2002, we get into Steal This Album. And the reason why I say that it was kind of an accident, per se, <laughs> was it was during, you know, like we said, the Napster days, the Kazaa, the LimeWire type yeah. stuff. You know, the illegal file sharing download file just, sharing just coming to the the masses. You know, and I don't care who you are. If you were around that that age, you know, teen, whatever, younger, pretty sure adults would probably do it too. But I mean, you're like, hey, you can get these free music just by clicking a button and waiting a little while. Well, I think it was like five, ten minutes. Or <laughs> 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 depending like, on how fast your connection was. Yeah, it was out <laughs> in the country, so it took forever. <laughs> but. We were downloading songs within seconds. College, our freaking router, everything was super fast. But, but yeah, so there were leaked songs that were unfinished from the toxicity sessions, and they were being file shared and labeled as toxicity two. Mm-hmm. The band and immediately got ahead of that and be like, hey, this is unfinished material. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't put out anything less quality like that. You know. So to kind of, uh, you know, kind of fire back at the whole file sharing of that, they end up releasing finished stuff from that that is still this album. So they kind of go with the whole thing where the CD cover is actually a 
looks put, like put a that up there. CD. Put that up there because that is yeah. Just... And you know, felt <laughs> pin written on there, system of a down, still this album, you know, and it was a, it was a, a, like a kind of a plan on yeah. a play on a, a book that was made by Abby. Can't remember her mm-hmm. last name, but it was still this book. Yep. Yep. So, um, I thought that was, I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was their way of kind of getting back mm-hmm. at what had happened. Yeah. It was like, just I like remember a big look, middle finger. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I remember reading an article <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting there on a weekend with my roommate and I'm looking over and I go, dude, I go, this is actually their next album come out. I go, dude, it looks like a burnable CD. And I'm like, yeah, it does. I go, because they're giving you the F you for the people that stole their music. Right. Sorry, system of a down. If you see this, I did it. <laughs> I'm, look, I, I'm not gonna lie either. I mean, I I have hundreds of CDs, but at that time, I had uh, I had a computer filled with stuff. I will say before we had all the streaming stuff. Now, yeah, yeah. I have bought System of a Down's albums at least three or four times from losing them or them getting really? destroyed somehow. Yeah. Oh so no way. That was the thing that sucked about CDs. If you lost it or somebody borrowed it, and never returned it. Of course. You know, you had to buy it again. Yeah. It's not like you could say, hell, here's proof of purchase. Give me another one. Right. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, still this album, there's so many freaking good songs on this album. I'm like, how was this not, like, how was this the bad ones from the <laughs> from Toxicity? You know I, what yeah, I mean? I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> I was just completely mesmerized by that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. Nah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, some some notable songs from that, at least two, I can give an example was Intervision and Boom, which Boom they did a music video for, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, this is very political time around, like you know, the Afghan war, Afghan the war in Afghanistan was really k- taken up around this time in four oh five. Yeah, you know, they have some you know deep roots from you know where they used to live, where they immigrated from, where they lived in practically war zones, so. They have a lot to say about that stuff, and I don't blame them. Mm-mm. But um, we go on to 2004 when they start recording uh, Mesmerized and Hypnotized. Something I didn't know about that was the artwork for the albums were uh, Darren's father's art. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't until after I read it, but yeah, I would have. Gotcha. gotcha. I never really... That's kind of sad. I, you know, for me, I never really paid attention to the artwork. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Normally, I like look into those things. With them, I didn't care. Yeah. I just wanted the music. My thing of it was, I was a nerd. I wanted to, uh, wanted to see who produced it, who, who's the backing people of this. So you get on there, you see all their, their label people, right. you know, <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. a nerd. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That and finding out like what they endorsed and whatnot. Cause sure. I wasn't always getting the guitar world magazines and stuff. Right. Right. But, um, yeah, they recorded this double album, um, and they released it six months apart, like we'd mentioned. And uh, Mesmerized was released on May 17th of 2005, and uh, it went number one worldwide. Uh, like we mentioned, BYOB ends up getting a Grammy nomination and win for Best Hard Rock Performance. So Hip- deserving. Hypnotize ends up coming out uh, on November 22nd, going number one in the U.S., Again, and joining the ranks of bands like the Beatles. That was the cl- what you're gonna say. Yeah, that Tupac, was really cool. Yeah, uh, as well as DMX to be a group of artists Beatles. that had two number one albums in the same year. Yeah, it's a very I, small class of <clears throat> of artists. Right. I mean, you, you see how much goes into making one album, and for that to go number one, and but having two at the same time, that's it's a big feat. Like I said, D- DMX, Tupac, I didn't know they were in that game. I knew the Beatles were, but... DMX shares the same birthday with me, but he's my dog. <laughs> I love DMX. I got every album. Just had to throw that in there. But. X, come on, he's going to get it to you. Love that guy. Oh, man, he can spit raps. Love him. But something that was very surprising for us on this, I knew this beforehand, but... Um, Darren actually kind of took over their control creatively on Mesmerize and Hypnotize. If you noticed on the albums, he does a majority of the singing. It kind of puts Surge in the back mm-hmm. backing vocals type thing yep. situation. Um, this causes some friction in the band that we'll get into. And, uh, you know, 
We're trying to keep this shorter. We're trying not to make this a part two, so that's why we're kind of <laughs> skipping stuff. So if we don't mention something, leave it in the comments so other yeah. people can read it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll circle back and do another one on this someday, but we're not planning on it right now. No. So in May of 2006, the band announces a hiatus. They're going to basically pause. They're not breaking up, but after they finish their Ausfest tour that year, they're going to take time off. No, like, set amount of time, although their bassist Shavo was, like, well, three, three years. years. Yeah. Three years. Mm-hmm. It'll be three years. But, you know, right after this happens, Darren starts Scars on Broadway. Uh, Shavo started working with, uh, actually, uh, John Dalmayan also started. Scars on Scars on Broadway yeah. with, with Darren, yeah. And then Shavo ends up just uh, working on little things here and there, and he started uh, doing something with, like, um was it Riza from the Wu Tang? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep. Mm. But um, we're gonna put a little bookmark there. We need to take a break. I'm gonna I'm gonna address this because I don't know if it's been talked about yet or not. I'm sure somebody would mention it. But the reason why we take breaks is because the cameras we have only record up to like 20 minutes, and then it's like, okay, we don't know what time we're gonna shut off, but we're gonna <laughs> shut off. So. That's why we have to take breaks, so just bear with us and uh, tell people about us so we can Please. start trying to get something going with this so we can do something about our cameras. But <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Right, we are back. Hmm. So the band goes on their hiatus. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of rumors fly around a lot. You know, every band member is doing their own thing at this point, and um, they actually end up coming back in 2010 to do a string of festival dates. Um, they went on like a little tour. Most of will be playing like Rock Am Ring, um, just up. Uh, bunch of you That's know sweet the festival. uk yeah. festival oh, yeah. circuit you know yeah. but uh you know as you'll you'll get into in a second you know uh each band member kind of has their own thing with it they're all still perfectly fine friends like they still hang out with each other they're still you know they're a family basically so and even i just found out today that you know surge and uh john john are actually Brother-in-laws. Brother-in-laws now, so. <laughs> That's so cool, though, when I read it. I'm like, well, then maybe they don't fight at family dinners anymore. <laughs> right. But that's the interesting thing. A- after all of this, I mean, they are still all friends. Mm-hmm. They still hang out. They still do things together. But when it comes to this band, it's just the red flags all come up. Yeah. And it's such a shame. Yeah, there uh, started rumors flying around 2015, 2016 mm-hmm. that they were going to start working on another album, and uh, I believe they did try and start working on one. I was one. so excited when I heard that. Yeah, I was. And then uh, my dreams just crashed. Yeah. Uh, basically, the band started coming out, I think, around 2018 with uh, basically kind of outing people on why... My stuff wasn't flying. I mean, it began with, I think, the drummer started saying stuff. And then, you know, Shavo chimed in. Darren chimed in. And Serge uh, decided he was going to, you know, address it himself as well. So, uh, you you have the quote there? Yeah, I can I can add a couple things. Sure. We're going to go ahead and uh, read Serge's uh, response to all the, all, all the rumors. So there's a couple things, but I mean, at least what I want to point out. But before I go into that, it's like, and, and I've talked to you many times about this, especially with this band. I, I love them a lot, but they, they're they jerks. I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, I've watched several interviews in the past. One of the first ones I saw was uh, off of uh, a program. There used to be a cable channel, might be available, called Much Music, but they did a lot of different musical uh musical spotlights for about different bands and stuff and they had oh uh, yeah they had uranium they had this uh they had this program uranium. called uranium and there was a uh, this woman named julia who hosted it, and she mm-hmm. got a big following because she well, uh, she talked to a lot of different underground bands and let's not let's not avoid the elephant in the room here with that one i mean she was a hot girl you know in her she was into metal you know <laughs> 
It's but a little different had, now, but I, I mean, know. back then she it was had a huge of, following. I mean, it was such a cult following for her as far as what she brought. But just as a side piece with that is just like she had an interview with with Darren and Serge, and it was just like these guys just come off like jerks. I mean, mm. in my opinion, I mean, yeah, you're trying to be cutesy, you're trying to be funny, but that's like that's how the perception was at times. I'm sure they were better at other moments, but that one I was watching, I'm like she's just trying to do her job, you know. And these guys are just. That was definitely the public perception of it. I don't know if it was actually staged or not. Right. So. That's the only thing with it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so there was also different things that we heard. He puts out a statement, and I guess I can understand to his point and mm-hmm. to everyone's point. Right. You know, first off, you, you need to have you need accountability. You need to have a togetherness. So he, yeah. he puts a little information out. He goes, well, he goes, as far as artistically speaking, he goes, he feels he continues to do the same thing with the same people over time and it becomes redundant even for a dynamic outfit like system of a down. Mm-hmm. I can understand that by the time he said he feels that he needed a little time to do his own work. He wasn't discouraged to restarting the process with the band. Um, when they first started out, the creative input and the financial revenue splits were close to equal with the band. Well, apparently that changed over time. Yeah. Supposedly based on what Serge was saying. Well, like I was saying with the mesmerized hypnotized thing, yes. you know, Darren kind of, took over <laughs> and the thing is too and i had read just little side note but he you know he was really really into john lennon like he found him to be a major inspiration a lot of the songwriting i can i cannot test like I, I just love the fact that that was an inspiration mm-hmm. but um they were basically when mesmerized hypnotized comes out Serge just felt like they were at polar opposites with what was going on he felt that darren was controlling creative processing and publishing and only doing press but he comes out and he says that he was thinking of leaving the band before Mesmerize and Hypnotize came out, mm-hmm. which as I'm reading this, I'm shocked because those albums are great. But right. anyway, um, he wanted to leave them for the reasons he personally didn't feel as close to the music on the records. Now, I can understand that mm-hmm. if you don't feel fully invested in something, then you're going to you're going to see that. And that's kind of hard to hear. That is hard like, to hear because like you think saying. he's been doing this for 10 plus years mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, like you got this following, you like your band is so unique. It's such a positive message here and there, but like everyone loves this band. Yeah. And the rock scene. I mean, aside from that too, is yeah. like on Mesmerize and Hypnotize, mm-hmm. like he's fully in it. Yeah. When you hear, I mean, I know of course. that Darren has a majority of the vocalist lead. He takes lead but... on, on several tracks, but but they're constantly, they're singing together. They harmonize right. together and it's incredible. It but... sounded like a well, well done uh, partnership yeah. in the songs for what, sure. What we thought. Sure. Yeah, what we thought. Um, that's why he felt like he couldn't get close on the records. These were songs he wanted to bring. He said there were songs he wanted to bring in, but he was hampered by unkept promises. Mm-hmm coupled by his own passivity at the time. Okay, sure. You know, I mean, I guess I could see to that extent. Um, so then he said, as time goes by, you know, we all try to do our own thing. Serge's solo career gave him confidence as a songwriter and later composed to revisit System of Down from the position of strength at first just to tour and enjoy each other's company, which we did and still continue to do. Right. <clears throat> he said, I knew I, that they wanted to make a record but given the past, he was hesitant. At times, there would be emotionally out, emotional outbursts, but one band member or another mostly blaming me for the band's inactivity. So right then and there, you're already you're everyone's not on the same page, right. and things are just probably not going to go well. He says after a long time thinking and processing, about two years ago, he said he went to the guys with a preposition with a way to keep the band moving forward. Now this is what I can I can agree with. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And it's not always the case. And you see this. That's why there's band breakups. But if they could, if anyone could get together and kind of keep a collective idea like, hey, this is what I bring to the table. This is what you bring to the table. This is how we want to make this work. Mm -hmm. It's not always the case. Because he says here, he he wanted to rectify the past and establish a new way. So he says here, here's what I'm thinking of doing. He said he had released five of his own records and felt that he was a better, better songwriter at this point, and Darren was getting better as his own lyricist and his own right mind. But he said, let's all bring six songs to the table and work on them from there. Right. And then if that's the case, then it's like, okay, let's do this. Let's keep an equal par- partnership, keep the financing together so they can reflect that. But as far as the songs, they didn't want to exist any other ideas. They want to develop new concepts. But then, of course, what ends up happening 
is that Serge is just not, he's just still not with it. Right. He feels he's like, at this point, I'm drawing a line in the sand because I don't know that I could ever be happy going back to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. We can't see eye to eye on these points, and we just decided to put aside the idea of recording an album altogether. And, of course, he's like, my only regret at this point is just unable to give you, the fans, another album. Right. So, I guess I could see it. I mean, his voice is so unique. Mm-hmm. Like, he could totally, you know, and, and if anyone hasn't heard Serge's solo music, you can attest that he he goes all over the place. Yeah, definitely. With what he does. It's got so, a very wide range on that. So maybe that was the reason why he just, I, again, I still don't understand that that was what was bothering him all that time. But I do respect the man for spearheading it like that. Of course. Just all takes, getting it out in the yeah, open it takes, like it takes a strong person to actually go out there and say what they're saying instead of just keeping it and hiding it. And, right. Yeah, and to an extent, it's like a respect thing for the fans. I mean, everybody's fighting at the, just hand over fist trying to get, next album well then that's how like you know the the same same theory people were like when's guns and roses come out with another album it's like five years ten years twenty years and it's like i know you don't care i'm just (laughs) god i gotta get you in that catalog man i gotta get you in guns and roses but anyway so it's the same thing and it's like it's kind of how they felt with that too right but yeah uh people are praying for a new album every year i mean basically when they came together to try and do another album i mean most of the material and stuff that was being kind of tossed around, Darren ended up using it with uh, Darren Malakin in Scars on Broadway. And I'm sorry, you he, listen to any of his albums? It's just it sounds just like System of Down. I know, and it's the it's the best thing for the fans right now yeah. because that's that's what they got. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not System of Down, nope. but <laughs> I mean, he's he's a good he, he's a good songwriter. He's not the best guitarist. He doesn't know, but his right, but his guitar crazy is, ass riffs or no, anything but it's like so that. cool. It is so cool what he comes up with. I mean, he doesn't practice or anything, and honestly, he doesn't play in front of people that much. No. He just you know, he picks it up when he feels like it, and he writes what needs to be wrote. And I can attest to that too because sure. I'm not a showman. I don't show off. No, I I just I enjoy. I don't even consider myself that great of a guitarist. Me neither. I just love songwriting. Yeah. So I, I completely get that. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of stuff with Surge, that age difference between them, I think that's kind of caught up. I, and I think we have to address that. That's yeah. true. Because when they do come back and they're doing their festivals, I mean, I'll show it on a clip before we go into our pecking order, but you know, he looks like it's just a fun thing he's revisiting from his youth, you know. He's not fully into it like the surge we knew from the 2000s when this band was really taken up. I mean, he's just kind of smiling at it and kind of, he's not even going full ham on his vocal parts and stuff like that. Some of these songs are not meant for you to be smiling on. I'm sorry. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's like, hey, let's talk about why the president sends the kids in to go to war and they die. And you can't smile about that kind of stuff. I don't know if he's smiling during that. I didn't say that. I just said, yeah. But going into his... uh, you know, his solo stuff, he, he, he's done composing. Yeah. And I mean, I think he's kind of got himself to a higher, higher tier of thinking. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe he'd come a little bougie. I don't know. <laughs> Anything's possible. That's true. But like I was I saying, it's it. like maybe he just, he sees System of a Down as, a, you know, something he might even be a little embarrassed by from doing when in his, in his, in his younger mind, days. I guess. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, gonna take another quick little break, and uh, we'll be back with our pecking order. Stay tuned. All right, we are back, and we are ready for our pecking order. <laughs> I like that. Let's get ready to rumble. We're going to have to blink that out. We're going to have to blink that out, dude. Are we? Yeah, he'll fucking sue uh, us. All right. Better start it back over. Oh, no, he'll fucking sue us. I all right, let's rewind that. Let's <laughs> <start it. laughs> well, I have two claps. That's why. All right, we are going into our pecking order. Pecking and we order. are, for those who don't know, we are going to list our five favorite songs from this band or artist. And I'm not gonna lie, this was I'm gonna agree with difficult. you. I'm gonna agree with you before we even before we even prep for the show. Mm. 
you're like, what do you got? And I'm like, what do you got? And we literally were like, oh, we got a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah. This is going to be hard. Yeah. This is hard for me because, you know, we know this. Me and him know this. Metallica is my favorite band. I can debate on that all day. Mm-hmm. But with them, with System of Down, it was just like, I, I, this is really tough. Yeah. This is the toughest one for me to do. I just want to say sorry for the uh, camera angle on this one. Um, I had a simple jack moment and... <laughs> One of our batteries was dying on my on uh on the camera, and I went to go plug in the spare battery. Battery and charger. Got to put it in the charger. Yeah, you can't leave it kind of hanging there. You never go that's full, right. you know. That's all right. <laughs> we love you anyway. It's no big deal. But all right, we're gonna list our top five songs, and uh, this is gonna be hard because, like I was saying earlier, this band doesn't make filler songs. No. And uh, I didn't have this problem with Slipknot. I didn't have this problem with Metallica. I don't have this problem with any band, but truly, I kind of feel like this is my. Yeah, this is the first this time when problem. I was like, Luke, "What's your top favorite songs from this band?" It's like, oh, yeah. How dare you ask me to pick five? Right. You know what I mean? It it's really uh, a pain in the ass. Uh, but we'll get into it. Uh, let's have you start this time. I started last time. All right, number five is Sugar. Ooh, Sugar. I like Sugar because one of the first songs I heard, but the walking bass line and just when they when he puts it out, I just I laugh. But it just it's a hell of a song. And it's another uh, another affirmation of how awesome Darren is on the guitar. It's simple as shit. Yeah. But but wow, that's <laughs> the thing about songwriting. It's what you bring to the song to make it. Instead of just being like, I'm going to shove all my knowledge into one song and my technique. You know. <clears throat> my number five is Aerials off of Toxicity. Such I don't even think I need to give an explanation for having this on my list because it is an amazing song. To this day, anytime I pick up an acoustic guitar, I will play that. No, no questions asked. That's you can play that for I me. Frig. I did too. Aerials. I played it on your uh, Gibson when, it, or your uh, your Explorer when we were at your house, oh. and you broke your uh, acoustic <laughs> strings—the strings you hadn't changed in ten years. <laughs> I didn't broke a string in years, and I gotta break one for you. All right, that's why. <laughs> I specifically remember no. playing that song. Shut up, Ron. <laughs> Shut up. Said old man syndrome. My bad. Four. Oh yeah, number four, uh, prison song. Prison song. Prison song was absolutely sick for me. I mean, my roommate. I think this was like the first song I heard my roommate play uh, in our apartment, and I just heard that dum 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 dum. And then after that, and then it just goes right in the riff. I'm like, let's just smash stuff. Right. It's definitely was just amped up song. Oh God, yes. Fist pumping. Yeah. But it also sends a message. I mean, it's like the, yeah. the, basically the percentage of incarcerations was just like un, oh, yeah. un, crazy unheard of. So they were like, yeah, we're going to talk about how the police. Were, like, yeah, we're, we're talking about this this being a political band. And I mean, it's just like listening to some stand up comedians. They are just shoving truth in your face and making it funny in the process. So it's easy to digest. But I mean, that song, listen to it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can go into even nowadays with the political climate. There's still remnants of that time period when they were, you know, trying to get as many people into these uh, privately owned prisons. Anyways, we're talking about top fives. Let's go into that. Sorry. Uh, number four is I-E-A-I-A-I-O. <laughs> awesome name for yeah. a song, first off. <laughs> but it's just one of those yeah. chanting songs. It's so easy, so catchy, and it just sticks in your mind. and heard it one time and it just kind of latched on to me and hasn't let go. <laughs> it's very entertaining. That was actually one of the easier ones to put on the list. For you? I can't leave that one out. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Well, you got a number three. I have Chop Suey. Chop Suey. And of course, Chop Suey is one of the very first songs that I did hear. Mm-hmm. Um, why I like it so much is when the chorus of this song comes in, I just, I marvel. Because I hear the guitar, I'm like, and then it's like the, the, their voices, it's like the harmony, it's like the keyboard. I mean, it's just like, and then it just, right after the chorus, it just goes right back in your face. Right. Such a cool song. Just, they, they get done caressing your cheek a little yep. bit and then slap the shit out. Right at you. 
<laughs> right across your chops. Right. Love yeah. it. Um, man, I shouldn't have said that. I had something in mind to comment on chop suey, and I completely oh, forgot it. I'm sorry. No, you're good. It's my fault. But, um, yeah, my number three is uh, Old School Hollywood off of Mesmerized. Old School Hollywood Baseball. baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love the voice for it. Right. Uh, thing. Darren is kind of a mousy little dude, and, you know, hearing him sing and his voice crack, it's acceptable because you're like, yeah, that guy's his voice is going to crack if he sings like that. It's like, Tony Danza cuts a line. <laughs> right. It's awesome. It's like one of those things of somebody who's getting cast in a role that they're kind of already that person, so it's easily failed. So I kind of feel that way with him singing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I love that that song itself. Yeah. But I remember listening for several times. Like, what the fuck am I listening to? Old school what? Watch when I go. I guess so. That's kind of how. That's the kind of the trip you kind of go down with System of a Down. Sometimes you Some know, it, you hear a song you're like, what the fuck? I mean, this is on. Sorry, the side note, but I'm like, at least tell the tell our listeners. I mean, there's there's a track on here. Oh, sorry. And it's called This Cocaine Makes Me Feel Like I'm in the Song. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap your head around that. I never actually found out what the whole title of that song was because anyway. every time I looked at it, it was like, This Cocaine Makes Me. And that was it. That's so what I'm just saying. It's I just saw like, the little dot, they dot, got dot. such <laughs> ironic titles for their their catalog tracks. I mean, but right. yeah, Old School Hollywood's awesome. All right. What's Love your it. number two? Kind of on the lines of where we're going, then the hypnotized, mesmerized route. But mm-hmm. uh, there's a song called Radio Video. And. It's 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 a strange song. It really is. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as just musically, but I I tend to like the breakdown of the chorus. It just kind of goes into like this different world, and then there's they're singing, and I don't know. It's probably a bad example of how I'm interpreting it, but I just I like the song a lot. You know, the chorus is just like, hey, look, mom, I'm on the radio <laughs> with Danny and Lisa. It's like, who's Danny and Lisa? But the chorus, the roundup, they start singing, then it builds with the guitars, and almost, I don't know, it's just really cool. I love that riff. When they, yeah. When they open it up. Right. Yeah. Hey, mom, look at me rocking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for two? Number two, I have Inner Vision, which awesome. I thought was going to be my number one, but I'll get into that in a second. Okay. But it's off of uh, Still This Album. Mm-hmm. And... This is the first song I heard from System of a Down that I really fell in love with. I love the way that they structured the song together. And let's be honest, most of the songs are the traditional, you know, first chorus, first chorus, bridge, chorus, you know, outro. But I just, the the way, I guess it was just a certain notes and riffs and stuff Mm -hmm. that they put together kind of, I don't know, I fell in love with it, so... That's awesome. That's that's, yeah. that's my explanation. For <laughs> we you. can literally just say everyone's awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, not going to. All right, number one. Mm. And for me, this is no surprise. Obviously, it might be to you or not, but it was BYOB. Bring your own bombs. Song won a Grammy. People, this. I remember as this song came out, I was still, you know, I was in college and I was sitting through history class as the war was just starting to break out, mm. and. How do I put it? So the one thing that obviously stuck with me a lot is there's a message and it's repeated over and over and over in the song. It says, why do the presidents not fight the war? Why do they send the poor? Mm. And it gets you thinking. It's like, okay, we, we have different points in our lives where we might we might believe in one political party and it might change or whatever. But at that time, you know, for me in my life, I'm like, well, why are we sending in broke kids, men and women, to fight these wars that I don't think are even worth fighting? And that's how they viewed it. I mean, there was a lot of knock against Bush. I mean, they did not like President Bush at all, and they made it very known mm-hmm. in a lot of these songs. But for this one, it's like they they took almost like a satiric approach. It's like, hey, let's bring your own bombs to the party. We're all here. Let's go. Yeah. But in theory, of that it's like wars are solving nothing, and you know these men and women are fighting for their lives. Wow. The higher ups just sit there at the tablecloth dinner, just saying, mm-hmm. "Ah, yeah, yep, yeah, we'll send another thousand troops in if they lose their lives. No big deal." But it, you know, they're setting an agenda. Hey, I'm, I'm totally in support of you know anybody who's in the military. I'm like of most of my family was in the military. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And it really bums me out when we have a situation like that where a lot of people are scratching their heads, including the people who are actually in the service at the time. Right. What are we doing? You know, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get into that. No, obviously, or and we, like, we try not to, you know, our show is trying not to go that way. Right. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to deter anything. It's just, this is just our opinions, but it's like, mm-hmm. as I was, as I was reading and seeing what was out there and then listening to the song countless times over and over and over, it's like, it made me think, I'm like, yeah, why do we send the poor in there? Mm-hmm. Why are their lives not as important as, People who are the rich, right? That makes sense. Awesome song. Awesome song. I listen to it almost every day. <laughs> my uh, my number one's kind of a surprise, and it kind of surprised me too because I was doing a little refresher because I didn't want to leave out anything that I I really loved, and I'm glad I did because I came across this song. But it's Roulette off of uh, Still This Album. I was surprised that you picked that. Yes, I was too. But it's mm-hmm. such a beautiful yeah. song. I mean. It's mostly just an acoustic song. I'm sure I'll have some bit of it playing very quietly in the background here, but I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things that kind of just kind of touches your, yeah. your heartstrings a little yeah. bit. So I don't really have any more explanation. I mean, these songs are really simple. They're really catchy, and you don't really need a whole lot of reason to love them. They're not long either. No, they're only like, songs most of their songs short. are like two and a half minutes. Two and a half maybe? minutes, three and a half, and it's like. Yeah. In your out. <laughs> I was like, I saw like the total time for one of the albums just by glancing at it mm-hmm. by accident, and I saw it was like thirty six minutes long. I was like, really? <laughs> and again, sometimes more is less, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, I guess I I have to give some honorable mentions. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> I'm just gonna, where we debate it. We're like, shit, we got just, a bunch of honorables. I'm just gonna throw all mine out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have five honorable mentions. Prison song we touched on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet Pilot. I thought that was such a hardcore song. Uh, Cigarro. Cigarro is actually uh, that's one of I, your favorites. Yeah, <laughs> my cock is much bigger than yours. <laughs> pretty good. But um, you know, it's a kind of a satire kick at I think Dick Cheney. So. <laughs> But uh, my next one was Violent Pornography yeah, off of uh, cool Mesmerized. Yeah. Uh, catchiness out the ass. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> mince my words there a little bit. <laughs> and my uh, my last honorable mention is uh, Lost in Hollywood. Um, yeah. You know, I had old that's, school Hollywood on yeah. there, and this follows that track. And man, oh, man. That's so, that's so cool. Just the, they're singing and that. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God the range surge goes to on there. Yeah. And then even when Darren, I love their harmonies. Exactly. Like, it gives you the chills listening to them. Sometimes they just, their voices match up. Cause so Surge well. can probably hit opera level. I would probably oh, think yeah, some degree. Sure. He can go here. He can get down here. And, and Darren is just like, he's got that good baritone mm. going for him. But yeah, that's <laughs> love that. Yep. Um, Old School Hollywood is, again, I could have put this on the list because I listen to that song just as much as all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Love that. Toxicity, I know it's kind of surprised, but I could have put it on there. Uh, ATWA, I really like that because it's just such a, it's such a slow song that just bridges out like towards the end, yeah, which is cool. Um, Sweet Pea. <laughs> that was your number five. No, not Sweet Pea. No. Oh, no, your Sugar, sugar was yeah, your number Sweet five. Sweet Pea. Um, and then the last one I had on here was Bounce. Ugh. Poco, poco, poco. But partially because when I watched Secret Life of Pets and they were playing that, oh I lost my, my shit. I lost my shit. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, you know what? One of these days, I want to look set up. A, I, I want to set up a camera because I want to keep. I want to look at my two dogs and see what happens, <laughs> what they do all day. I'm like, maybe I should just play that song and see what happens. Uh, I just can't wait for my son to watch so that. <laughs> love that. Love that show and see the the music and stuff and uh, then when he gets older tell him what the song's really about so funny i mean there's countless others That's what saying. We could... too like um i know um what was it ego something i forgot the name of it exactly it was ego brain ego brain mm-hmm. but that was another favorite of mine um you know, you have Forest, Science, Off Toxicity. There's so many freaking good songs on Toxicity. Only one made my top five, but, you know, I'm weird. I don't kind of go not. along with everything everybody else does. So. No, you do your own thing. <laughs> I kind of feel weird sometimes, though, because, like, 
you would think toxicity or top suey would be on there with everything, but but sometimes it doesn't. Maybe to you, sometimes it's like, okay, well, yeah, these are the popular songs. Yeah, I'm not saying they're bad no. songs, but the other songs that didn't quite make it to the radio, I think, are, are just songs. equally as good. It's just the content wasn't. They're like, we can't, <laughs> we can't tell you talking about cocks reaching the floor. It's just not going to happen. Uh, psycho, psycho. I was, I was actually just looking right now to think yeah, that. Yeah. Psycho groupie, could yeah, be crazy, but yeah. Uh, if you can't tell, I mean, I definitely have this love-hate relationship with this band. I love their music, and I I'm kinda... just pissed because truly they they act like a bunch of douches at times like this. This, yeah. Know. But again, I mean, I, that's just my opinion. I'm like, we just want the music, but I understand after reading that, it's yeah. Like, you, you, it's like you need a team. Like, you got to have all moving parts. If the parts are not working together, mm-hmm. they don't work. I almost kind of think. I wonder if Mudvayne is in a similar situation of why they didn't get back together. I, I really wonder that. It's very possible. It's very possible why a lot of acts don't. Yeah. Really There's that sad. riff. They can't get it together. I hate when bands can't get their shit together and keep it going, but at the same time, whatever. There's other bands out there. <laughs> we want this we have, one. We have the piece that we can love and cherish forever. So I don't We know. want the new stuff. We do. But, we need you know, it. if you didn't know about Darren Malikin and uh, Scars yeah. on Broadway, yeah. Check that's it out. basically that's System of a Down. Great. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can hold you over till, you know, they uh, decide to get together and make some music. Like, what would be a better time to start writing now? I think now would have been any time for them to get together. And, I mean, I, I, I truly mean, feel like the artists that are putting things out now are putting better music out now than they have. I'm just saying this band could have not happened very easily because, uh, Darren and John got into a little fight. Uh, John busted Darren's lip open and Darren picked up a mic stand and bashed him over the head with it. You know, at that point you think, all right, this band's done. They're not, they're not coming away from this. That's love, bro. They end up going to the emergency together (laughs) and get stitched up and bandaged up together next to each other. And they're laughing about it. Yeah. You're right, bro. Yeah. Cool. That was a pretty good shot. (laughs) So come on. If they can do that, they can put an album together. They can, they can get their differences aside and get this going. So. Leave us a comment letting us know what you think about the situation. Uh, you know, we want to be respectful to the band because, like I said, we love them as artists. We we think they're doing great things outside of their music sure, with uh, bringing to light of what happened to the Armenian genocide yeah. situation. Uh, we didn't bring that whole lot up because like, we're trying to... We prefer Not to keep get, the politics out. Yeah, basically. You know, I, I, um, politics, such, especially right now, bums people out. Yeah. <laughs> so, no one wants people want to get away from that kind of stuff. Particularly me. <laughs> particularly right. me. It bums me out. We still gotta address things, but Yeah. Yeah, nothing's yeah. off top off limits for us. We will talk about it. Obviously, we mention it here and there, but uh, for the most part, you know, we want everybody to be able to enjoy this and not have it thrown off because, you know, we end up saying something somebody doesn't like, right. which will happen. Trust oh, yeah. me. I'm sure I've said a lot of stuff people don't like, but you know, you know, you can't, you can't agree with everybody's opinion and you know, everybody's their own person. So you just kind of shake it off and keep going. If you like what they're doing. Agree. But that was episode 11 system of a down. Um, I don't remember. We did cut out the dice rolling thing last episode, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't want to, I didn't know if I needed to announce that now, but uh, so we're going back into our rotation of movie, music, conspiracy theory, paranormal, and next week we are going to be covering the moon landings. I know this is a fun favorite of the uh, conspiracy side of things, but uh, yeah, we're going to get into it and we're going to hit it from every side that we can think of, but uh, I hope everybody has a great rest of their week. Come back next Tuesday for another episode. Uh, Give us a review on Apple. We're also on Spotify. And hopefully by the time you hear this, I'll have us up on Stitcher as well. Um, If you don't listen to either one of those platforms, go to our website. You can hear our uh, podcast straight from the website, thunderrooster.com. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, We have to have so many uh, subscribers and watch time before they actually give us a uh, URL for that. So uh, just go to our website, thunderrooster.com. Click on our episodes at the bottom of the description of the episode. You'll see a little link that says click here on it. 
click here and uh, it'll take you to our uh, video. So that'll get you to our YouTube channel or just simply type in Thunder Rooster Podcast. We're the first one to pop up. So get anything? I think we're good. Awesome. Um, do have merch? Check out our merch yes, store. Yes. Uh, it's on Teespring, but you can go to our website, go into our support, and you should be able to find our link to our Teespring store. Uh, currently, we have a hoodie mm-hmm. that's on a limited run. Once that's gone, we'll put up another hoodie that's on the way. just going to be on uh, the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait. You might have seen this beforehand because uh, we'll probably have them when we put out our Halloween special that's coming up. Yes. Uh, Surprise, we're doing a Halloween special, but you've already know that because you've seen it. <laughs> we're so far ahead with this, so it's, it gets us mixed up. I have a little calendar book thing. I'm marking everything down, but I'm like, oh, they're going to see this before our Halloween thing comes. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> They'll probably see this sometime during November. Probably middle of November is about when this comes out. <laughs> it's October 10th right now. Good times. Good times. Good times with need. Well, yeah. We love uh, everybody who's still sticking around, listening to us to ramble on about nothing at the end here. Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're going to build up to developing some kind of uh, little community for ourselves. I'm not sure if we want to do it on, like, Facebook, because, honestly, I, I haven't been on Facebook in five years. <laughs> I know, I've been checked my Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think Facebook is kind of it's getting outdated for me. I know. I just. I also kind of hate the fact that it's, you know, such a necessity for businesses and stuff. And then I don't know. I was around during MySpace, and those were, those were much simpler times. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> but uh, definitely give us a review. Give us a comment on this video. Let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on our email info at thunderrooster.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Ask away, please. Uh, ghost stories. I want to hear them. Send us what you got. If you've had any experience with paranormal activity or, you know, maybe you've seen Bigfoot. <laughs> let, let us know. Please. With your permission, you know, maybe we'll have a special episode. We'll, we'll read some uh, viewers yeah, stories. I'm down for that. You know, I know there's podcasts that do that. Sure. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. So I'm going to steal a little piece of that and we're going to do it here. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Later. Later.